The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello, and thanks for joining us again. And uh, it's actually been a little while, I think a couple of weeks before we um, uh, have uh, you know, actually run a live show. So I'm really excited today about uh, our next guest. I've been out of the country for a couple of weeks and um, so happy to be back to the States. And uh, I was away for a couple of weeks uh, in Morocco, which was awesome with the Global Spa Wellness Summit, and then on to London. Um, today we're in for a great little surprise, I think, or maybe a big surprise, because um, we, as always, focus on connecting that mind-body-spirit and what keeps us centered. And so um, that mind and that body and that spirit is really up to us to take it a step further. And so we always like to engage with uh, uh, wonderful guests that are uh, taking a step further, and they may be living right next door to you. And so, of course, we are Wellness Interactive. Our signature brand is the Wellness Lounge, and the show is the Wellness Lounge a step further. So we do believe that uh, Timothy Ryan Clark is taking it a step further. Before we get to Timothy and uh, to hear about his whole navigation process, as always, I'd like to read a passage from... Uh, a great book, and it just happens to be my pastor, Pastor Terry A. Smith. Uh, and it's called Live 10, Jumpstart the Best Version, Version of Your Life. And so I'm going to read this paragraph. It's uh, uh, chapter 4, and it's uh, created to transcend. James Sire wrote that human beings are created in the image of God, and thus possess personality, self-transcendence, intelligence, morality, gregariousness, and creativity. Because we are like God, we share many of his attributes, though in limited ways. In order to see the characteristics that are stamped in the heart of every human being, we only have to take a look at God. We have personality or self-consciousness, we are conscious of ourselves and have the ability to make our own decisions. We have intelligence. We are born with the ability to think. We have morality, the aptitude to discern good from evil. Moreover, we are gregarious or social beings. And that just takes me right to our guest, 
Uh, you guys are going to be really excited about uh, Mr. Timothy Ryan Clark, uh, who was born and raised in Houston, Texas. He studied and obtained a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry from the Southern Methodist University. He completed an MS, MBA in Healthcare Management from the University of Texas. Oh, my God, double Master Science, MBA, from the University of Texas, and went on to complete a MS, Master of Science in Biomedical Science. He has always had an interest in the fashion industry, working in management positions with such companies as Neiman Marcus, Express, and Dillard's. In addition, he has styled a number of high-profile clients while working as a freelance stylist. He realized that, uh, his, that he was passionate about fashion and a transition from the medical field into the fashion industry. He started uh, High Fashion Men approximately two years ago and have seen great success in a relatively short time. So thank you for joining us, Ryan. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, boy. Um, I'm really excited uh, about all the information you're going to share with us to empower all of us on how to navigate that wonderful experience inside out. Because for the most part, uh, we do focus uh, so much on, on our inner, which we should. I so get that. It empowers us to do all things well. But externally, uh, sometimes we think in terms of fashion being just uh, a cosmetic approach, but I know you're going to <laughs> you know, make us all wise on a different level with that. So a couple of questions, though. I want to really um, help our listeners to understand how you, you navigated this whole um, high-profile fashion dot com, social media. I mean, you've got like 850,000 people following you. Um, so listen, tell us how long you were really in that whole science space and how you got to being uh, where you are now and were you thinking about all of this when you were a child? Okay. Well, I guess I'll just begin from the beginning. Um, I come from um, the South. Um, I come from a very close-knit family. My mother has ten brothers and sisters, and my dad has eight um, brothers and one sister. Um, so I have a very, 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 very nice family. On my yeah. mom's side alone, I have 43 first cousins, and we are extremely <laughs> close, extremely close-knit family. Um, in fact, um, we spent our summers together, um, me and all of my cousins. Generally, while our parents were working, we would go over um, our grandmother's house, she had a large farm and a large ranch, and so we were definitely from the south, so we had horseback riding, we had a lake, <laughs> a pond, <laughs> me and all of my, um, my, my cousins. So the first thing is we were definitely a faith-based family. Um, to begin with, um, we were churched out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see the university, not by surprise. I want to say Sunday, Method Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, there was a revival service. There was We were churched out. And so our <laughs> grandmother instilled in us that a family that prays together definitely stays together. And yeah, so yeah, we were definitely pioneers of our church in, um, in Texas. 
And so the the faith aspect of it was something that always kept us together and, and was able to keep us so close because it, it's really rare this day and age to have such a large family that is so close. Like, we all live in Houston, Texas. They originated from Louisiana. You um, know, and I hear that a lot, Ryan, and uh, it's so interesting. I mean, I've been married, like, over, uh, well, almost 30 years, and my husband is still amazed at my large family. I have 11 sisters and four brothers. And then, uh, just like you, you know, you, you have first cousins. I don't, but my kids have all these first cousins, and they, you know, everybody speaks about, oh, my gosh, it's so rare to have such a close family. Do you think it's maybe perhaps also so rare to have a large family and it be so close? Because I'm still trying to kind of figure that out when people are just stunned at how close we are as well. Yes. Um, I mean, everyone around us, even in Texas, is amazed at how close we are um, just because, that is so rare in the sense that it's, it's not as rare to have a large family, but to have a close family that communicates on uh, a regular basis. So then it like, doesn't matter it, if it's five or 10 or 20 in the family, but to have this huge large family and still be able to communicate. Correct. And I mean, our grandmother, um, before she, you know, she left us and went to be with the Lord about five years ago, she, we have a family tradition that every first Sunday we get together and we pray. We have a family prayer um, at my uncle's house now, and that is something that we still continue. So you'll wow. see all 33 first cousins. You'll see all the uncles, the aunts, their spouses. Will all oh, I love it. And we'll have a, you know, a very big um, family prayer as well as family dinner um, mm-hmm. once a month like that. That's a like that's a requirement, and yeah. so um, you know my oldest aunt now she's kind of taken over the um, the matriarch um, title of the family, and so that's something that she makes sure that everyone knows that it's happening when it is, you know, and that it's almost a requirement that we're always. That, there. I mean, so. that is absolutely beautiful, and it's amazing. So when you all get together in prayer. Uh, are you also connecting with um, what you're, when you're leaving, what you're doing away from family? Do you guys talk about your oh, businesses? Do you talk about, did you, we talk did about you, I, I, I'm really interested, or, or I think the listeners are interested in knowing too, when you decided to make this switch from uh, medicine to fashion, uh, did you all have that talk around the table when you got together after prayer? <laughs> Or did they pray for you? <laughs> now, the the switch from medicine to fashion happened um, last year for me. Mm-hmm. And I was still going through my science classes, and I was still in the thick of the medical school mindset. And um, it was a conversation that I had with my mother to begin with, just Excellent. letting her know that, you know, Mom, I don't know if this is right for me. I, I don't know if <laughs> I would want to continue on doing it. And she's like, but she would, you know, it, it was always that conversation where you've invested so much and, you know, you're doing so well. Like, why would you stop now? And for me, it was always something that, for me, it's very important to be happy in whatever I'm doing. Yeah. If I'm not yes. happy, then why do it? And so that was my whole argument to her is I don't want to live my life and go through something where I'm not entirely happy. 
And I didn't wow. think that I could be fulfilled in the way that I am now in the medical field. Just because it's different once you get into it. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you one of the major things that, that triggered a switch in me was I almost felt as though I was losing a little bit of my humanity going through ah, and being, right. becoming a physician. Um, right. In the sense that we would, you know, and I don't want to get too in-depth about No, that. you can. You can get in <laughs> as in-depth as you want. As I always tell my guests, it's your show. I'll put it out there. I was in structural anatomy, and it's the cadaver-based lab. Oh, and, boy. Oh, my God. Um, and the conversations that we were having amongst these, these cadavers were, it was just like, it was, commonplace, like we were talking about the anatomy and the structure of the body, but then we would immediately leave out of there and like talk about what we're having for lunch or what we're having for dinner. It was like, it was, it was such a, a, a switch. It was like something inside of me was losing a little bit of a man. Like this person that we were just working on had a family. They, they lived a life, you know what I mean? And, and even though we valued them, um, for what they did and the gift that they gave by letting us have, you know, a piece of them, by letting us explore them, it was just like, for me, I was losing a little sense of myself because you have to, in a sense, become callous to the fact that life and death is just a process of my life. Right. And you know what? It's so awesome that you said that because I think that still is challenging for some physicians who did not, you know, make the switch uh, early on as you did because, uh, we have physicians now that uh, can uh, really just be pretty cold, you know, when you're <laughs> engaging with them on your wellness. This is not all physicians. I love physicians, uh, love, uh, you know, even uh, uh, integrative medicine and what we do and all that, but you raise a point. It's a human factor, and I think, you know, listening to how you've navigated this whole experience till now, you know, it, it still is a courageous move to be able to say this is not for me because I'm losing a little of myself. And I think that the, uh, the family part of me, like, that also played a part in it. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I'm very close to my family. Like, I am very close to the people that I, I am, and I respect people's humanity in the mm-hmm. sense that I respect their space, their time, their energy, what they give, what I receive from them. Yeah. And I value people. And that yes. I love me. it. Oh, my gosh. It's love that. And me. that's part of, I think, empowering, I would think, yourself and others to understand that, yeah, it's okay. No matter where you are, what industry or, or what you're doing, it's the whole humanity of it all. And just staying centered and that's what that whole i think mind body spirit is about you know making sure that everything is centered so do you feel that uh right now having made that change do you feel that you're still uh well grounded and centered or as we all are we're work in progress but are you struggling in any way with uh, the changes that you made to high fashion from medicine no. In fact, I, I count it as a major blessing that me making this switch was something that I had started prior to me getting into, you know, me and delving into the, the, the field of medicine. Um, for me, I started High Fashion Men before I left medicine. So it was something that 
was already a work in progress, and it wasn't something that I just had to cut and dry and just start. Excellent. So for me, it was something that I just had the ability to continue. And high fashion then took over. It (laughs) turned into plan A um, in, in the sense that everything just started to fall into place. Before I knew it, I had thousands upon thousands of followers. Um, people wanted to hear what I had to say. Um, the, a website was created and curated. Um, and we were just able to transition from our social media accounts to the website seamlessly. And everything just seemed to fall into place. And I looked at that as this is a, a divine process that is happening. There. Yeah, yeah. The divine if, process. Love that. So, God uh, was, is your mom uh, or your family? They're your biggest fans now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My mom is my biggest fan. <laughs> so, what always, conversations are you having with your mom? Uh, just, I mean, I know it's very personal and maybe private, but can you just give us a little feedback on uh, what your mom uh, thinks now about you making this uh, transition so initially, into that? Initially, it, it all started with well. You can always go back to medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can always go back to medicine, especially since you're well grounded with the humanity of it all and how to, you know, uh, stay grounded in, in what's real and what's not. And now she's my biggest supporter. She's my biggest fan. She's like, you know, I'm always liking your pictures. I'm always passing out your business cards, and people know who you are. <laughs> and she's like, you know, she's now. She's that's fantastic. So, um, that's beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, let's speak uh, a little about, um, well, really a lot about um, uh, this um, disparity in uh, men and women's fashions. Do you, uh, do you think uh, um, there is a huge disparity? Can you... Talk more about uh, what you think this consists of, other than yeah. the guys wearing suits and us wearing dresses all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely believe that there is a disparity when it comes to the fashion in the sense that women value aesthetics. They value appearance. They value how they look, how, how clothes make them feel with that piece of of cloth or fabric does for their skin, they value those types of things. And for mm. me, it's not so much. It's not a piece of iconography. It's not something that they can hold or that they value or that they cherish. So for, you know, for the industry right now is where it stands, you know, you'll go into a, a department store and there'll be six or seven floors of women's clothing and then there'll be one <laughs> That is so true. But do me just one favor, um, Ryan. Hold that for one moment. I can't wait to hear more about (laughs) where you're going with this. Um, We're going to break for a commercial, and we shall return in a moment. And we're speaking with Timothy Ryan Clark, and he is the founder of HighFashionMen.com. We'll return in a moment. Thank you. Family. 
Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. We just had a are thrilled to be back speaking with uh, Timothy Ryan Clark, and he's the founder of uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan Clark is the founder of uh, High Fashion Men, uh, and so we were engaged with Ryan about. We're um, speaking about um, if there are any disparities in the way we approach fashion, or women and men approach fashion, and he was giving us great insight on. Women, and then now we're going to speak about men. And what do you think, uh, Ryan, uh, has contributed uh, not only to your success of high fashion, but also what men actually want in fashion and what they're thinking about when they're engaging on all levels of fashion? I believe the reason why we're having such success is that there's definitely a need for men to take a more active role in the way that they um, they dress and in their appearance. And so... Um, Why do you think so? Well, I think it's just a change in times, honestly. Um, I feel like we're moving more so into a more visual age where, you know, TV, Internet, um, mm-hmm. and social media is taking over. So it, it was once a time where, you know, the way that you look really didn't mean as much. But now that... Everything is transitioning to I can FaceTime you, I can Skype you, I can mm-hmm. see you. It's it's becoming more of a visual age, and so that's so real. That's are, true. People are taking that into account, and so men are having to catch up drastically. You know, it's, it's <laughs> a huge learning curve that's happening right now, and so um, I just feel as though men are taking a more active role, and not only men, because a lot of our followers are women who want our advice on how to style. Oh, yes. I love that. Love it, love it. I love men's fashion, so I'm glad you said that. (laughs) They're they're siblings, and so 
for us, it's just a way to show men that even though there are, you know, minimal things that we have currently available for us, there's still ways that you can put it together, make it new, innovative, and fresh. So you you hit on something, Ryan, um, about uh, everything being uh, visible now. But, of course, everything is social as well, as you mentioned. And it's all about quick, you know, quick access, quick, quick accessibility to, to maybe perhaps, uh, fab, you know, uh, fashions or things. And um, how do you see this for uh, young uh, men today um, really moving forward in the whole uh, business scene? And obviously there are many levels of business. There, you, you know, you could wear a hard hat and jeans or, you know, you could wear a suit. But how do you see this real very quick accessibility to uh, all of our needs or all of their needs, and, and, and you all need things right away. How do you sort of help guys to um, be receptive to the idea of if you need to, to change or be somewhere in two minutes or two seconds, if you need to be on Skype or that whole social media really promoting yourself or just sitting down in an interview – how do you get guys to embrace that, or do you have some type of formula? Because women, we've been doing it for a very long time. <laughs> we, we could switch in an elevator in a matter of a minute, you know, from high heels to sneakers. And if we don't have something, we could grab something from, you know, someone else, you know? Correct. And I, and I, for me, I think what uh, we promote at High Fashion Men is just it's not about quantity. It's about the quality. Ah, beautiful. So, mm-hmm. For men, it doesn't take a wardrobe full of, you know, new sports coats or, or you know, different dresses and, and things like that. You need a few pieces, some staples that we call them. We call them wardrobe staples in your closet that you can mix and match and make the outfit different. So, so one of our staples is you need a navy blue blazer. And with that blazer, you can wear that blazer with, you know, either just a solid white T-shirt and maybe some khakis and uh, a little um, a boat shoe or perhaps even a loafer. And then you have a very casual outfit, but you have that sense of, oh, I have on a blazer, so I'm, you know, I'm, I, can, I can present myself in a way that can be transitioned from either casual to a little bit more business in nature. Um, you know, so it's just these simple staples that you can have in your wardrobe and in your closet that can make utilization of your wardrobe a lot less cumbersome. Yeah, and I think that's very helpful. So what do you do with uh, the guy who has never, ever worn a blazer and really feels a little strange if they put on a blazer? But they need it. They do need it because Correct. they're making a transition into being all things well externally, you know, fashion, high fashion, all of that. What do you say to that guy who's always in the jeans or the boots, and how can you help them to um, well, the thing, step the it up a bit? The first thing that we generally try and do is to try and get people to feel comfortable because if you're feeling comfortable, you're going to wear the clothes, and the clothes aren't going to wear you. Right. So, <laughs> The first thing is fit. And so I would say definitely take the time out to go 
get fitted for a blazer because you don't. The worst thing to do is to buy a blazer and to spend all this money, and then it fits inappropriately or it's ill-fitted, in a sense that it's either too big or too baggy or maybe it's too tight. Um, so I would definitely say take out the time and maybe go in and invest and in, in get measured for mm-hmm. a jacket. And so, you're not yeah. So, so when you're getting you're measured and you're doing all these things, it, it, to me, I, I I definitely understand what you're saying um, as far as feeling. You know, you need to feel comfortable, but it's also, uh, I guess, an investment in uh, well, the quality investment of um, fashion, but it's an investment in oneself as well. Um, it, the the slight, uh, I think, um, difference in in uh, maybe, well, I could speak to this, I'm a woman, you know, with, with women, uh, there's that old saying, oh my gosh, if uh, we stop being beautiful, the whole economy would probably fall apart, okay? So when you're speaking to guys or, or trying to get them to really focus on high fashion, number one, you said the quality of it. Number two, you know, how do you get them to have that uh, staple piece in their closet when they're really not using it on a regular basis? How do you get them to just have those four or five pieces? Even if they're not going to wear it next week or the following week, what's some of the, what is some of the dialogue? Because you're really engaging with um, some amazing clients as well. Correct, correct. And I think what it is um, for men is that men want to be comfortable but they also care about how they look, even though it doesn't really <laughs> care about how they look. Um, men do care about how they're perceived, how they look. And so it's just something that you have to unlock inside of them. And so for us, it's just really getting to know that person. And, you know, everybody is not going to be a suit and tie guy, honestly. Right. Um, okay. Got it. That's what, that's what I was thinking, too. They're Everyone not going to be a suit and tie guy, suit, but suit, they suit, could be a sport jacket guy. Make, or Right. You can make an outfit or a wardrobe that embodies who that person is. And it doesn't have to be a suit and tie. Maybe it can be khaki. Maybe it can be jeans and nice graphic mm-hmm. tees or, you know, something like that in a cardigan or something like that. It's mm-hmm. making the wardrobe fit the personality of the guy. And then... From there, it's levels to it. So once he feels comfortable mm-hmm. at that level, we can say, okay, well, let's push it a little further. Let's get you into this. Or let's put you into that or see how this feels now. And so it's a learning process. And I think that girls learn that process very early on. <laughs> I think so. Away. I don't know how, but we do. <laughs> you know, but you hit it on the nose, too. Um, we were, you know, we were in London uh, a few years back, almost maybe six years ago, and uh, the skinny jeans were just coming out, and I had my my nephew was with me and my my daughters, and I could not get my nephew in uh, the skinny jean in a blazer, and I kept saying, "This is going to be new. This is new. This is it. You look at the guys; they're walking around with it." We tend to be a little later somehow. I don't know why in the mm-hmm. states. He refused. He says, "I don't want to wear any, you know, tight." the tight jeans. Well, lo and behold, how many skinny jeans does he have now? And I don't know what it is, maybe perhaps with guys, that 
they tend to feel comfortable, and I don't know, I'm asking, tend to feel more comfortable looking at the other guy that's wearing something? Is that true, or that's, that's, how does that fit? True. And, and, and men generally don't like to admit this, but we look to other men to, to give us confidence in what we're wearing. And so when you... Ah. And so if you see a guy who has on an outfit and you're like, oh, my God, that, that looks great, then you're more compelled to say, oh, my God, I could probably wear that. I might not wear it exactly like he's wearing it, but I can wear something similar to it. And so it just hmm. it takes, a little, it takes a little bit more time for it to transcend in the men's fashion, but it does happen. And so when you have, like, I don't know. One of my one of my fashion faves is, is Pharrell. Pharrell's very fashion forward. He's oh very, my gosh, he is. He always <laughs> is pushing the album. Pharrell is amazing. <laughs> I'll take so the hat, okay? <laughs> and he's he's so iconic in the sense that he's willing to make a fashion risk. He's willing to take it, and he's willing to have whatever criticism that you say about it. But you know what? Weeks later, you're doing exactly what Pharrell did, or you're wearing exactly what he wore. Um, so <laughs> well, I do think, though, with Pharrell, the signature hat, I said he went so far where, you know, it, it looks great, love it, but you're not going to find too many people walking around with that hat because it's his signature piece somehow. It is, it is. Uh, it's, I, I believe the hat is by Vivian Westwood, and... He, mm. he wore it. He wore it amazingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Westwood Vivian, she's a, that's a, a, that's awesome. You know. Okay, so let's um, if we can fast forward a little bit and figure out uh, which, um, of course, I'm sure you already have this figured out. Where are we going to be, men, uh, mainly men, but you know, women too? Where are we going to be in fashion for the future? So um, I'm looking at now they've got this new jacket coming out where the, the or it's already out with the, the shirt attached to the jacket. I think it's pretty cool. It was really amazing. I said, oh, my God, it took them that long to kind of figure this out. It's a shirt attached to the jacket. You just kind of put it on, and you can't – no one can tell that it's not a, um, a two-piece. I think that's awesome. And then with us uh, women, you know, we're really leaning toward – just accessories. Give us a bag, give us our shoes, maybe throw on a piece of jewelry. And then a lot of our, our fashion um, is uh, geared toward the simple. Let's throw it in a bag. We're traveling, but make sure we have our heels. Just make sure we have all of our accessories with that. How do you see uh, this in the future, fashion in the future? And also, how is it going to make us feel? Are we still going to be confident with uh, change or making the transition into, you know, what we, we think is the new fashion? How does that um, work for you, and how do you, you um, feel it will be in the future? Well, I can, I can just speak to the fact that fashion always transcends. Um, it is an ever-evolving um, industry where things that are now commonplace will become vintage, and then things that are, you know, in the future will be commonplace at that period in that time. I do feel as though fashion is leaning a little bit toward utilization at this current moment mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that 
we do want clothes to not only represent us, but also work with us. Um, we live in a busy society in a busy age, and so if we can have a jacket that has a shirt attached to it, then that's one less piece of clothing that we have to carry around. <laughs> yes! <laughs> be responsible for. And so I do think that fashion is becoming um, a little bit more, um, let's say, economical in the sense that you're getting more for your money. So you'll see, you know, cargo pants, but now you have pockets for your iPhone 5 or your iPhone 6. You know, you have... Um, <laughs> you have <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and that's always been a little tough for the guys. Uh, you know, we have our handbags. We can throw all these pieces in our phones, everything, our iPads. But the guys, it's it's a little tough. If the cell phone is now getting a little larger, where do you put that? So you need cargo pants. Exactly, and so you'll see um, you'll see men's blazers that have uh, hoodies attached to the blazer that you yeah. can, uh, detach the blazer and then you can wear. Oh, the, I like uh, that. Hoodies. Know um, that detach the the blazer from the jacket from the jacket, and so you know it's it's one of those types of things that we have been seeing the the utilization of those types of, of pieces where. Um, you have pants that can be converted to shorts um, via zippers and things of that nature. So it's definitely something that's taking over. and take, Well, not taking over, but it's taking a place. In the now, is this something you suggest to your clients? Um, for me, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's okay. Full disclosure, it's fine. I love it. And why do you not? Are they more athletes or are they corporate? Who are these people? You're speaking with some of the, the transitional pieces, um, the, the the pieces that can be converted and interconverted. They seem to be. Um, I don't. I don't. I would just say for me, if I was going to put my client into a, uh, a hoodie and a blazer over it, I would want it to be a hoodie that really complimented and really helped accent the blazer or something like that. Well, okay. Well, let, let's stay there for a moment. Well, I'm one of these uh, people or fashion people that think uh, wherever you're, you're going or whatever uh, the space or environment, you know, fashion should reflect that. So, for example, if I'm going up to the country, I am definitely, I am so, you know, shorts, uh, give me my, you know, whatever. I, I'm rugged because uh, I'm going up to the country on our farm. And so, but, you know, when I'm inviting people up, they look a little different. And I'm trying to figure out, um, okay, well, we, we don't need to be fully dressed right now. But um, sometimes that's a miss for folks. And so if we circle back around to these items that you can, um, you know, functional items where you can make the pant into the short and all these things, I think it could have its place, and I still think it could have its place for people who are used to being, you know, really dressed. And it, uh, to me, uh, sometimes they need to really uh, kind of take it down a notch in a, and to accommodate being comfortable, find that environment and that space that you're in and, and go for the dress that fits appropriately. But 
I mean, it, it's a challenge sometimes, uh, maybe not for the person who just wants to dress all the time and be so high fashion. It's a challenge on our end, too, or on my end, where, uh, you know, I'm always looking to accommodate the space I'm in. Does that make sense? Because I think that functional, the functional pieces, maybe you can throw those in a bag, and if someone is offering, uh, you know, say, come up to the country, you're going to the beach, or you're just going out to dinner or whatever it is, Accommodate your space. And I, and I definitely agree with that. I definitely think that there's a time and a place for those types of pieces. Now, to have them, let's say, everyday pieces, I would say, um, for me, I don't think that those would work um, in the sense that there is a time and a place for those. If I'm traveling and I want to, you know, minimize my luggage space and, you know, condense down, then yes, I would definitely take some transitional pieces. But if for my everyday wardrobe, I would say I'm going to go ahead and invest in a blazer and perhaps a nice um, and perhaps a nice hoodie or some nice pants. Right, something that you could switch like out. I'm right. sorry. Uh, one moment. Uh, we're going to break for commercial. Um, Rick and up uh, Ryan. I'm sorry, Ryan, and we shall return in a moment. We're getting some great little nuggets from Ryan Clark, Timothy Ryan Clark. Uh, he is the founder of High Fashion Men. And ladies, we're getting a little bit also from him. And, you know, we have sons and husbands that uh, we can uh, help, uh, <laughs> you know, define that little blazer with. We'll be right back with uh, Ryan Clark. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for tuning in again, and we're speaking with uh, Timothy Ryan Clark, and uh, he's enlightening us and empowering us with our dress. <laughs> so sometimes we forget that uh, what we wear and what we do, it kind of fills up a large uh, proportion of our self worth <laughs> and, and, and as, as you know cliche as it may sound um we when we look good we feel good and uh you know when we feel good we look good so rick or, well i keep calling you rick i'm sorry ryan ah uh, ryan clark high fashion men 
please continue to enlighten us uh, in our space of how we can feel good and look good. I, I definitely can um, help out with that. Um, I always like to, to reference uh, this scripture that says that we are fearfully and, wonder- and wonderfully made. And mm. I think that, that really embodies yes. sense, in the sense that no matter what you put on, you're wonderfully made. You're, you're already wonderful in, in you being, yes. <laughs> being in your space. It doesn't really matter what you put on because at the end of the day, you and, and who you are as a person is wonderfully made. Um, right. But clothes just seem to accent that. And, you know, people generally look for clothes as a first impression. It kind of gives them an insight as to who you are. You know, you have that whole idea that you can tell a man who a man is by the shoes that he wears or, you know, you can – a lot is go, goes into, you know, how someone keeps, you know, their nails manicured. Or, the, the or their shoes, you're right. Okay. Women really look at that, the shoes and the nails. <laughs> Correct. And so it, 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 it's something that you just have to be cognizant of. And, and that's what I try and drive home is that um, that's the first impression that you give. And so when you go into these interviews or when you're meeting people, the first thing that they get before they get to know that you are wonderfully made, they get to know that your clothes are <laughs> wonderfully made. <laughs> they get the idea oh, that, boy. Hmm. you know, that before they get an idea of who you are as a person, because let's, let's face it, we live in a society that's visual. We are stimulated visually. And so the first thing that we see is the outside, the covering. What do you have on how do you how do you value yourself on the outside, and how does that reference to you on the inside? And so, for for us at High Fashion Men, we just really try and give men an insight, and just kind of try and fill in that little learning curve for them as, as best as possible. So on the website, we have um, different areas where we talk about um, 15 wardrobe staples, things that you should have in your closet. We give you a lookbook where you can go through and see some of the current and com- some of the um, current and, and new images that men are presenting and what some of the designers are putting out there that are wearable. So we don't deal with, we in the sense, high fashion we don't deal with avant-garde pieces or things like that. We deal with everyday things that you can incorporate into your closet that mm. make you look. Do you have better. jeans at all? Yes, definitely jeans are. I mean, what's a great jean uh, for a guy? What's a great jean. Uh, or color or less. I don't know. Uh, I would say um, a darker wash denim. Mm. It really transition very well. I mean, you can wear a khaki blazer with that um, with that piece of denim, um, you know, a white button down, maybe a little pocket square. So a dark denim um, really works well, especially because it can transition from, you know, fall into winter. And so Yeah, and I see, I, I hear that you're really, really big on that, uh, the, the, the jacket. And, and I like that because I am so big on that with a guy, a guy and a blazer is just over the top. And I hear a lot, um, <laughs> since we've been on, you really promote that blazer. I, I, I it's the number one thing on my list. <laughs> um, and, and, and then secondly, it's about layering and, you know, making, making an outfit your own. So I always promote, you know, 
a button-down shirt, um, a sweater, maybe a cardigan, you know, just layering. It makes your outfit so much more impactful in the sense that you took out some time to put that together. This wasn't just something I randomly pulled out of my closet. And right, right, right. And that it makes sense. A, it really does. It took some now, thought. your 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 website, um, of course, I've seen the website, and it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's really um, quite over the top. I love looking at all, all these great men with all this beautiful, <laughs> beautiful fashion, you know. Uh, I, I've always been a fan of... Um, uh, dressing men, so to speak. Uh, in my past life, I was uh, at FIT for fashion design and then switched to marketing communication. So love fashion, but I always wanted to dress um, a man. So on your website, you have, as you mentioned, some of the, the high-profile pieces that a lot of the designers are um, you know, designing now. So how do you choose? You and the thing about it is, you choose based on what fits you well. And so, a lot of people. Will no, how do you choose the actual designer? Because you have so there, there are a number of, uh, I think, great designers. But how correct, do you make that correct. choice as to what you're going to put on the site and what we're going to view? Well, that choice generally comes with me um, investigating. So I'll go to a lot of these stores and a lot of these shops. Um, a lot of times these companies will send me their pieces and say, mm. hey, take a look at this, review this, tell me what you think about this. And so mm-hmm. I generally put things up that I've personally seen, I've touched, I've felt, I've tried on, and, and I can attest to what I'm actually putting up on the website because I am the creative director of the mm-hmm. website and of the of the account. No, and it, it looks great. That's why I'm I'm inquiring, and I think the listeners would want to know more. It looks absolutely just awesome. Love it, uh, Ryan. I think you've done a great job with the site. So, what are some of the other social media outlets uh, that you have? Because you uh, obviously have uh, a great following. Correct. So. I mean, um, we have the Instagram account, and that's just simply High Fashion Men, as well as the Twitter account is also under the High Fashion Men name, and then the Instagram account and Facebook account. Um, so we have we hit all three of the major platforms as far as social media is concerned, the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, um, as well as the website. And so um, just follow us along and, and, and see if you can take away uh, some of the things that we present. Um, and, and like I said, it's... It, we have a number of women followers as well as men followers because, like I presented earlier, women want to help their men dress correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we <laughs> because, do. <laughs> because they are a representation of them. So when your husband steps out, <laughs> and you, yeah, you know, you're, you're so right about that, Ryan. But it's so funny. There's this little thing um, that women have. Uh, uh, and, and it's very old. Uh, it, it, it's, it's something that women have where they go, Oh no, I don't want to change his look because if I change and dress him up, that's it. He's gone. So <laughs> But that said, it's changed over the years. Every woman wants to see their man dress well. So I think you're really helping us out with that. I and I definitely agree because every every woman wants to see their man clean up every once in a while or or, or help him just 
curate some type of functional wardrobe. And it doesn't have to be a fashion wardrobe where, you know, every day he's a runway model. It mm-hmm. is something that he can utilize for everyday purposes. And when he needs to dress up, he can. He okay. So tell us about uh, your client. If uh, someone wants to hire you, uh, how do they – what are your suggestions as to, of course, how to connect with you but what is your ideal client? Um, so the first question is, how do you connect with me? You can, um, you can either go onto the website, and um, there's information on how you can contact us. There's email addresses there at High Fashion Men, um, as well as there are, there's an opportunity on there to read the About section and contact us. It'll tell you how you can if you want, you know, some men's fashion tips or styling, and then we can go from there. Um, to address your second question, the ideal client. Um, honestly, there is no ideal client. I think Great. that I can give any man suggestions and, and perhaps little tips that I've learned and curated over the years to help him to become a better him or to make him feel more comfortable in his clothes. And so, I mean, I, you know, I've dialed um, athletes and, um, you know, actors and things before, and so there is no real ideal client because every man is different. And so when I talk with you, I want to get to know you. And so me getting to know you will show me or shed some light onto how I need to proceed with putting you into things or what you will feel comfortable in your comfort level. It's all about a comfort level. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. and so, so you, you, I, do you um, sit down with them and interview or have a conversation with them and then shop uh, for uh, the client, or are you going uh, with him to shop? So generally we start off with a consultation, and in in that consultation we'll ask, what do you see for yourself as it relates to your wardrobe? Mm -hmm. So is it for a function? Are you just trying to create a new um, a new wardrobe? Are you just trying to get some simple pieces added to your collection? Or are you already fashionable and you just want some additional tips to move you forward a little bit more? So it just depends on what exactly they want. So we generally sit down with them. And Excellent. then from there... Okay, so that sounds terrific. I can't believe the show is over. <laughs> oh, boy. So, listen, we've been speaking with Timothy Ryan Clark and... Ryan, I'm so uh, happy you were on the show today and just uh, actually thrilled because uh, I've not had the opportunity to have someone with your expertise on uh, the show who, uh, of course, is uh, embodied with mind, body, spirit, and uh, just uh, well-grounded in, in faith and that whole connection, you know, internally, externally, everything, uh, you've got it. You really do have that. That's amazing. I love it, Ryan. And uh, please, please come back and share with us uh, on uh, what you're doing in the future. And, um, again, uh, tell everyone where they can find you. Perfect. You can find us at highfashionmen.co. Um, or you can look us up on any one of our social media platforms, and that would be at High Fashion Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And so thank you again, Desiree, for having me, and I would definitely come back any time that you want to speak more about men's fashion and how it relates to everyday wearable pieces. Oh, wonderful. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Have a great day. Continue to be great. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.